0: Hey everyone, my name is Pastor Dina and thank you so much for joining us for Northeast Christian Church Online Services. Please be sure to subscribe to NECC on all social media platforms to keep up to date with all that's going on here in our church. Also, if you would like to rewatch today's sermon, you can look us up on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcast. Well, thank you and enjoy the rest of service. This just looks like a scene fresh out of Matthew and Luke. Every shepherd, this is just sidebar thing, shepherds had two things. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The staff was so that they could walk, they could nudge the sheep, but if threat or danger ever came their way, they had the rod. So just so you know, your pastor, he is willing and this pastoral st- staff is willing to guide you and lead you, but we also believe in protecting the flock of God. And that's what shepherds did. They stayed out in the wild, they beat off. David talked about how he killed a lion and a bear with a stone before he ki- ever faced Goliath. There's just so much in the Bible about shepherds and so much about our story. And that's what I want to talk with you today about the real reason for the season, the true star. Jesus Christ, he is the star of this event and this holiday. It's so funny if you got the newsletter. We talked about how people were in this thing where now it's Happy Holidays, but you remember when everyone was like trying to get Christ out of Christmas and they were like Merry Xmas, Merry Xmas. Well, what's funny is is that when Christianity came to be the the, the religion of the world and it was legalized, this one emperor saw a vision of an X. Ex- with a, a letter that looks like a P in the sky. And God said to him, by this you shall conquer. And it was actually the underground church symbol for Jesus Christ. And so he put it on all the shields and he went out to battle and he, and he won. And from that day forward, Christianity went from something that you would die for to now something that everybody in the world wanted to live for. So every time I, back in the, in the day when people were like, hey, Mary Xmas, Mary Xmas, I'd be like, Yep, that's how it all began. You're just saying, Merry Christmas, Chiro, Christmas. Pastor Dylan was telling me that as much, about a hundred years ago, there were as many Methodist pastors as there were postmen. And right now, in the day that we live in, we can't even find young people who are saying, Lord, here's my life, I give it to you. I'll serve you for all my days. Everyone's saying, get it, get a career, get get a good. F- 401K, get a good income, get a good because if you're going to go into ministry, you're going to be poor. I've come to find something. How many of you got a degree and you're working, and you've come to realize that sometimes the money comes up too short. I want you to know something this Christmas and this holiday season that when you give Jesus your life, whether it's for ministry or whether it's for the meaning and purpose of your life, though the pieces don't fit, Jesus makes all of the difference. At Christmas time, the first Christmas that ever happened. Even though the birth was about Jesus, even though the day was about him, it was really God giving you and I a gift. God gave the gift of his son to this world. And the Bible says that there were shepherds out in the field, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. There were angels And then there's the angel of the Lord. This angel pops up all over the place when the great announcements of victory and good things are about to happen, when it's going to completely go the way that God says it. The angel of the Lord shows up and brings the message and says, this is what's going to happen. And the Bible says that the angel began to speak to the shepherds and told them that this day in Bethlehem, a child is born and... And he'll be wrapped in swaddling cloths and he, he will, he will be, be the one that delivers the people from their sins. And so the shepherds said to themselves, so let's find this, uh, are they causing trouble over here? <laughs> that's called male dominance, by the way. <laughs> Goats do that, that's what they do. Are you sure you want to pet them? Yeah. Okay, all right then. Just don't, lean your head down towards them because they'll respond in kind here's the beautiful thing that song and we'll talk about this on Christmas Eve let's close service and pray ready <laughs> so if he continues that we might, we might move him out they're ganging up on him look at that yeah Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Hold on, I'm taking a candy break. <laughs> thank you so much, man. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. It takes a Marine to respond to situations like this in crisis. Happy Hanukkah. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Oh, that works. It solves the problem and keeps them in play. I'm surrounded by people smarter than me. I really am. (laughs) Every single place place I go, leave it to a child, huh? They're so honest. (laughs) Everywhere I go, people are smarter than me. (laughs) Listen listen to this. The angels broke... This choir was so... BEAUTIFUL, the, THE MUSIC MONICA SANG WAS ADORABLE, LIKE, IT, it WAS JUST, I, I, the, MY ATTENTION WAS ON JESUS THE WHOLE TIME. THAT'S WHEN YOU KNOW IT'S TRUE WORSHIP, BUT WHEN THE ANGELS SHOWED UP, SUDDENLY A CHOIR APPEARED, AND THEY BEGAN TO SING THIS SONG, GLORY TO GOD IN THE HIGHEST, ON EARTH PEACE AND GOOD WILL TO ALL MANKIND. HERE'S THE BEAUTY OF THAT SONG THAT THEY SANG, IS THAT GOD'S goodwill IS NOT JUST FOR GOOD PEOPLE, IT'S FOR EVERYBODY. Right now, this room is filled with so many problems, so many shortcomings, so many setbacks. And what I want you to hear this Christmas season is the thing that angels, maybe, maybe, maybe God won't send angels to convince you of it, but if you could just take my word to hear this, God is not against you, He's for you. And that He's brought His Son into this world to bring joy to bring peace, to bring hope in the midst of your problems. Life is not perfect. Jesus never promised to take the trouble out of this life but he did promise that he would bring goodwill our way. God is not up in heaven saying, I give permission to give this person cancer. I give this person, I give you permission to allow this person to struggle with heroin addiction. I give you permission to allow that marriage to collapse and divorce and hurt their family. No, that's not that's not God. You see bad things happen to good people, but what God is doing is as he says, I'm not going to sit up in heaven and look down and watch the problem. I'm going to come down and say, goodwill to all mankind, peace on earth, and I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to bring it in the form of my son, Jesus. I'm so grateful that the Song of the Shepherds tells us that God didn't stay in heaven to watch the problem. And this is what makes it different from all the other creation stories and all the other gods that are out there. And in fact, I've studied and read thousands of pages of all kinds of different ancient religions and all of them say the same thing over and over again. Their God did this and their God did that, but none of them says their God became like you and me. You have to understand what we're talking about here, there's a, the, there's a theological term for this. It's called the Incarnation. What it means is is that God didn't use you as a shield and a pawn for his purposes or a slave for your purposes. What he said is is that I am going to bring a message of hope to them. I'm going to bring salvation to them. I'm going to bring deliverance to them. And the way that I'm going to do it, I'm not going to do it from heaven talking down at them. I'm going to become just like them so I can look them in the eye and say, I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to be abandoned. I know what it's like to be hated. I know what it's like to be hurt, and I want you to know that I have an answer for that hurt, that betrayal, that destitution, that problem, that emptiness, and I've come to bring hope to the world. And he was able, as John said, he said, we have beheld the truth, and we touched it. You see, if I think about God, he's just so big and so mind-blowing, my mind can't wrap that around my head. Just when we thought that we could see the whole universe and the stars in the sky, we create another telescope and it tells us that it's even bigger than we thought and even broader than we thought. And while everybody here on earth says how we got here and everybody has all of these crazy ideas of how the world it was formed and, and science sits and so arrogantly tells us how it was made, it's so funny that we haven't even successfully gotten people to dwell on another planet. And we look out in the universe and we say, oh, we've got it all figured out. No, you don't have it all figured out. In fact, our God in heaven put a star moment in the sky to announce the coming of his son to let us know that hope was shining in the earth. It was at that point that wise men from the east, see, these, these, were, these were a combination of wealthy rulers. They were uh, not Christians. They were not Jews. They were just people back in those days that looked at the heavens and had these little kind of ideas of like, if the stars line up like this, it means something. And for the longest time, there was talk that there would be a great ruler that would be born to rule the earth and his star would appear when the time came. In fact, the Romans had this. The year that King Caesar, Julius Caesar died, Halley's Comet went through the sky. And the Caesar of Jesus' birth, Augustus, looks up and he says, Look, it's the soul of my father ascending to heaven. How foolish. How arrogant. But what does God do? He puts a star in the sky. And who does he go? Does he go to kings? No. Does he go to to royalty? No. Does he go to famous people? No. What does he do? He goes out into a field and he finds shepherds in Bethlehem. The first people invited to the greatest event on earth were not great people in the way that we see it. They were people like you and me. Do you catch the power of that? In other words, if, God, if we believe that God is real and that he's no longer here in the form of Jesus, but he's a, Jesus has ascended and he's left his Holy Spirit, it means that he's still here. He's still working, which means that he's still talking. He's still announcing. He's still working. He's still moving, bringing hope into hopelessness, help into helplessness, strength into weakness. And he doesn't announce it to great people. He announces it to ordinary people like you and me. One of the amazing truths a friend of mine pointed out in the Bible is that the three great leaders of of Israel were never great princes. It was Abraham. You know what Abraham was? A shepherd. It was Moses. Do you know what Moses did for 40 years? Shepherd. That's right. The greatest king of Israel, David. Do you know what he was before he was king? not a prince. He was a shepherd. I see that. It's called a rhetorical question, by the way. (laughs) He was a shepherd. Shepherds are ordinary people like you and I that know what it's like to have to guide and defend and, and... to manage and to just go through life in that that chaos of like, maybe it's a lot of kids or a lot of friends or you're in an office. and I mean, the, the daily mundane craziness of life. And God looks down and says, that's my kind of person. Somebody who cares enough about a group that he's willing to make sure that they're all together and is willing to risk their life to defend them if they come under threat. He announces that to shepherds through angels, but then he sends the wise men, and the wise men come, and the Bible says that they saw the child and Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love the story of a little kid that was doing a Christmas play, and the first kid walks up and says, Behold, I bring gold. And the other kid walks up with his fake beard and says, I bring myrrh. And the third kid gets up and he forgets his line and he goes, Frank sent this. (laughs) I saw a cartoon that was too cute to keep to myself. He's like, frankincense, not Frankenstein. It's amazing. You see, it's very hard to find people in this world that lift others above themselves. In fact, it's very easy for us to walk through this war- room, to walk on this platform, to me included, where sometimes it's easier to take a dig at somebody, to put them below us, because that kind of puts us up a little bit. We do this with brothers and sisters. We do this with neighbors and friends. We do it with families and coworkers, workers and, and I often wonder, like, why do I do that? Why do we do that? The Bible says about God, he says he stoops down to make us great. David said that, the shepherd. And God came down from his throne and he stooped down so that you and I could be lifted above him. And he was born in such a way that great men that would bow before great kings all over the world and send his emissaries knew a king when they saw him. And the Bible says that they walked into that place where the baby lay and they knelt before him in worship, holding up their gifts, gifts that would sustain Joseph and Mary and Jesus while they were in in Egypt, protecting their lives. And here's, in closing, what he said. Thank you for my Hanukkah candy, by the way. Listen to this. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Matthew says it a few verses earlier. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save, he will deliver his people from their sins. I'm going to ask the worship team, to, or at least Mary Evelyn, if you could, um, to come back. AND I WANT US TO HAVE AS MUCH TIME AS WE CAN WITH THE ANIMALS, BUT SOMETIMES THE MORE THE WORDS, THE LESS THE MEANING. I WANT YOU TO CATCH WHAT'S SAID ABOUT THIS CHILD, JESUS. LISTEN ONE MORE TIME. THEY WILL CALL HIM EMMANUEL. IT'S ACTUALLY TWO WORDS. GOD IS WITH US. GOD IS WITH US. AND you, SHE WILL GIVE BIRTH TO A SON, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins the one of the one of the other distinct things about all these ideas in the world of how the world was created and see Jesus isn't new to the scene the bible says that he was he was god and he, and he decided, he said, if I'm going to save somebody, I'm not going to do it from a distance. I'm going to do it right next to them. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but the way that we are as people, God's made us that comfort just doesn't seem, cards are nice and calls are good, but there's something different when somebody's next to you holding your hand. Somebody's, got their arm around you, or somebody's just sitting there. And I think about the times in my life where my nephew, we didn't know he was going to live, and we were all as a family, it was at Christmas time, it was around this time, and it was Christmas, and we were all hanging in the hospital, just sitting there for hours and hours, just sitting there. The strength that that gave my brother-in-law and his wife I think about just recently we, we, we didn't celebrate but we marked the anniversary of the loss of a precious young child that was seven that was a part of this community and he was he, he had, he had uh, partially drowned, they, they saved him but he eventually had to be taken off of life support and I never forget being in that room and it was one of the unique moments of my life where we sat there and it was time for God to take him home and I got a text from the aunt she said this she said he would have been 7 you know he would have been 11 he passed at 7 he would have been 11 and I, I texted her back and I said yeah I said we'll get to celebrate his 11th birthday and all the others just not yet just not yet See, if this life is all there is, then we might as well just go out and eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. But God showed that this life is not all there is by sending His Son into this world as a gift. And the interesting way that he wrapped it was that he would be able, that we could touch him, that we could behold him, that we could sense like we did in worship his Holy Spirit and his presence, that we're not alone, we're not on our own in this, but that God allowed himself to be vulnerable and to be like you and I. And when God wrapped that gift, he was going to peel it back over time because he created what is called, what I call God's Christmas tree. Instead of decorating it with lights and bulbs, he decorated it with the blood of his son. Instead of crowning it with a star or a bow, he crowned him with thorns. And instead of putting the gift under the tree, he hung it on it. You see, his birth is announced that God would be with us and in fact, when Jesus went to, to ascend to heaven, he proved when he rose from the dead, he proved that death is not final. And then he said this, he says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And that when the angels were singing that night, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace and goodwill to all mankind. He was saying it to the thief on the cross who only had a 32nd conversion moment. He was saying it to people like you and me that don't feel good, but that's okay because God's goodwill is not just for good people, it's for everybody. And the Bible says, whoever will receive him will become sons and daughters of God. And Jesus, while he was born as a baby, he grew up and he became God's Christmas tree. And he died on a cross, but the story didn't end there. He resurrected from the dead and showed us that this life is not the point. This life is our chance to live for Jesus Christ and not to live for our self-centeredness and not to get lost in our sinfulness, to know that you're not hopeless, that you're not helpless, that there is a God that loves you that went through what you and I went through that was willing to be born and vulnerable that was willing to be betrayed and hated that was willing to be nailed and crucified and then was powerful enough to raise from the dead he is not a helpless child anymore and he sits at the right hand of God And he's your God. There's so much fake garbage out there. There's so much substitute. I don't know how you drown your sorrows. I don't know how you numb out. But the truth of the matter is, is that our country and our world is filled with people trying to take the edge off of their sorrow, trying to fill the void, trying to bridge the gap. And there's only one way that that can happen in your life, that contentment, that peace, in the midst of problems that comes, and that's through Jesus Christ. See, it doesn't matter. Sin doesn't matter whether you're in, you could just go through the 10 commandments and it doesn't matter whether you've committed adultery. It doesn't matter whether you've murdered someone. It doesn't matter on those levels because those of us that give God a back seat in our life yeah. on or not the Sabbath who do not make God first in our life who have substitutes of where we turn for our help and our hope idolatry I mean different strokes for different folks we all whether you're a thief whatever it is that's sin and the Bible says that our sin separates us from God you see I I could tell you today, oh I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. A lot of people actually back in World War II, pre-World War II in 1935, used to say of Hitler that he was a really great guy. He would he would find out what your favorite gift is and he would have it delivered to you. He would remember your birthday, your anniversaries, creative, great moments. He would send people on lavished vacations and everybody was like, oh what a great guy. You might be saying to yourself, well, I, I didn't do what he did, but, but what makes you and I think before a holy God that we're any better than him? You can send your life separated from God to hell just as powerful with bitterness and unforgiveness as you can with heroin. You can destroy your life with anger and wrath just as effectively as you can with grand larceny and murder. See, the Bible says this, there's no one righteous, not one, just him, just Jesus. And he was born into this world. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. That's the whole reason he was born. I wonder if you could stand across this room before we transition and We'll sing a song that'll give the people time to bring down the animals. It'll give us time to reflect for a moment. But I'd like to give you an opportunity. Now I'm going to just ask every kid if they'd stand up straight with the hands in front of them like this, with their mouths closed, their eyes looking forward to me, no wiggling, jiggling, talking to the neighbor, hitting their friends. And it doesn't matter whether you're as young and lovely as these angels, or as old and wrinkly as me, we all need to get our lives right with Jesus. We all need to make him the reason for the season. So I'd like to pray a prayer with you, if you'd pray this with me. If you'd first bow your heads, close your eyes, with no one looking around. If you're here today and you're, you're saying to yourself that I need I need Jesus this season. I I need God to cleanse me. I need God's forgiveness. If that's you with no one looking around here, if you would raise your hands. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands going up all ages, different ages and stages. Thank you for your honesty. I'd like us as a church to pray this prayer. They're about people that are about to walk into the kingdom of God and become part of the family of God. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you've become, God loves you and he welcomes you home. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, make me a son or daughter, make me a part of your family. I wanna live for you. I wanna find hope in you I wanna be willing to find help in you. I receive you as my Lord. Jesus, if you could raise from the dead, you can pull me up, you can help me. Father, in the name of Jesus, you hear the confession of these people and their prayer, and I pray, Right now in the name of Jesus That you would begin to pour out your forgiveness Across this room That you would begin to pour out your grace on them That they would sense the presence of God In this place That they would sense the burden of sin Being lifted off of their back That they would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit And they would know That you are a God That didn't come for good people You came for everybody And Lord we receive you We want to grow in you And I just pray, Lord, that you would give them a life that sticks close to you, that isn't looking for a pass or an easy out. And I pray that you would uplift them, that you would do for them, you would show them what forgiveness really is all about. And because of that, they would begin to forgive other people. They would begin to, Lord, not look for apologies, but look for opportunities to say, it's okay, I forgive you. Lord, may they know freedom, Because they received grace from you and forgiveness, may they begin to spread it through the world around them. Through people that they're they're maybe not in a good relationship with and they've had falling outs. Lord, maybe this holiday season they would say, it's okay. I forgive you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, be with us this holiday season. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you us again for, for being today. with us today. To rewatch to today's to listen to sermon, our messages, you for it follow us on YouTube, YouTube Spotify Apple and, and Apple Podcasts. And again, and to go to NE-CC.org. All, on you can for all on news, events, Lole-G and updates. Or Thank you and God ccorg Thank you again and have a great day.